Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Gethin, <laughs> the reason I'm laughing is because literally about 20 seconds ago, you said it's that singing thing. Gethin, welcome to the podcast. And if you would like to sing on the podcast, you're more than welcome. OK, thank you. I'll, I will surprise you with a, a lick of something at some point. Oh, will you? Sure. <laughs> it, you know, isn't that that cliche thing? Oh, well, all actors, they can really sing. And all Welsh people, they can really uh, sing. All Welsh people can really sing. So it's in the blood. It's But but um, I, I, singing is, and dancing, as it turns out, are two of my favourite things to do, but I do them less and less in life. And it, it was... Sorry, just rewind. Go, go, go. Right. Singing and dancing are your two favourite things well, they bring, to do in life. They bring, they bring joy. I, 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 it's so, like, they dancing, the physical release. It's, it's in it an innately healthy thing to do. Uh, even when you're doing it with, you know, having late nights or drinking. But the, the the dancing is what makes those things fun, I guess, when you're young and sort of sustainable is that you're physically dancing so much. And then singing is just something I've always, the um, especially singing as part of a group, is a really community-building thing, the, the sort of, yeah, it's indescribable to me, but I I love doing it. But then I also have this deep, I guess, inner child that was somewhat embarrassed at his singing on his own and so I have a fear of singing on my own that I should and have got over in certain sort of professional contexts. But anyway, yeah, but I do no, love it. But yeah. when you were a child, you were singing because yes, we yeah, talked yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. But, but as an adult, the fear of singing on your own, it's because of you're worried about being judged always. And as an actor, a performer... You're constantly judged, and yet your biggest fear is being judged. Yeah, I mean, I think, and I think the thing about singing specifically, and and actually managing acting in that thing as well, is like really, I guess the the idea is that you share yourself through the role. I used to think very clearly that it was hiding that you the idea was to hide yourself and present something else, but really there has to be a fusion of you bringing something through through the the text and the character and the story that you're involved with, you have to bring yourself to it, which is terrifying, actually, when you start trying to do it and mm. failing at that as well. Um, why, would you, why would you fail at that? Well, I mean, because you, you just get in the way of yourself. I mean, I think that's the... There are many things that can get in the way of you 
sharing yourself in an authentic way. And I think I've probably practiced those over the years <laughs> for different reasons. And you, the craft is to try and try and develop a, a quick way to avoid doing that. And usually it's just following the craft, rehearsing, preparing, and, and in the work, you find a, actually a release to just be there and, and present and inhabit and be rather than perform. Um, but the thing about singing, and I, I think I remember learning this, that it's a different part of your brain that operates your singing register than your speaking uh, voice, um, right? And so there's a different emotional connection to really, you really are, you can't sing and not open yourself. You kind of have mm. to open yourself to sing. And when you're doing that with people in concert or in harmony or, you know, together, then what, of course that's a, a hugely bonding experience. It can be, you know. Mm. And, um, and I'm really heartened, you know, I, I, uh, for life, you know, moving me around the place and work and all that things. And I've never, I haven't been part of a choir or a choral group or a... Or just a group of people singing for a long time, but I took it just before COVID actually, which was sort of well timed in a way. But I went and sang with a couple of choirs in London, just did their taster sessions, and one of which was the London Welsh Male Voice Choir, um, which was a really a, a very emotional experience for me because it was a very accepting. They were very, they're incredibly talented singers, but they're, you know you can go along and sing along with them and. Um, so anyone can go and sing with them. Uh, you well, uh, I mean, I, if you're male and Welsh. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, this is the thing. I, th I think I think they're open to you know because like, I, I have that thing of being you know English and Welsh. I was born and raised in England. I have Welsh parents, and I'm very sort of proud of that heritage and 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 feel it very deeply, especially in rugby. Um, but uh, but you know, I, I think I contacted them and said, you know, can I come and just join a session? And they, they were just, of course, you know, they, oh, you know. Um, but I, and I think. Uh, I I think if you you know if you know if you're serious about singing, they're an incredible choir, and you have to really you know. So this was pre-COVID. So would you yeah. go back now and do it? Well, funny enough, yeah. I mean, the only reason I didn't sort of um, go for more sessions or you know, I mean, they are a serious, serious choir, and they go on tours and obviously yeah. and re make recordings. Um, I, I suddenly was uh, needed to be in another country to do some work for a, nearly a year, so that that sort of put an end to that. Was that Game of Thrones then? Then no, that was that was a show called Manhunt. Um, right. Okay. Uh, Manhunt Deadly Games. Um, so I had to go to Pittsburgh. Um, but uh, actually, yeah, it's funny the things that come up in conversations like this because I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, oh, I should just go just along go. and see if, that, see if I can uh, tag, on, uh, tag along at another session. It's very funny because singing is something, I mean, I, I passionately love it and I'm lucky that I, I've done it on stage. But if somebody said to me now, right, can you go and do a musical again tomorrow? I'd be... But then when I got out there, it would be yes, because it yeah, just, yeah. like you say, it opens your soul and you just... Yeah, yeah. And, but it is that people have so much fear about being judged when they sing. Yeah. I mean, I can't dance, but I jump around the streets with complete strangers and I don't mind. <laughs> but, but it is about being, it's people being judged. Mm. And it's interesting when I when I said that. I suppose all actors put themselves out there all the time. And I don't. Do you read your your reviews? Oh, I have done in, in the past. I, I have done oh. in the past, and I, I think I, you know uh, I I wouldn't make a habit of it now. Um, I sort of keep abreast of like how things are going for a project, you know, especially if it's one close to my heart. You know, you, it's nice to know or or just rip. You know, it's a, it's a good thing to keep tabs on a little bit. But um, as far as yeah, specifically reading reviews, especially when you're doing a play, 
is, is it's just a no go because you're still doing it. You know, a film's one thing. It was you made it a year and a half ago. You might even have opinions about the project yourself. But when you're, you know, the whole sort of opening week review thing, no, no. I mean, I did when I was, but yeah, very young, and and uh, wouldn't do it again. No. <laughs> and every actor says no. I don't read the reviews, and every actor, of course, they do. Yeah, on some level, or you, as I say, and also sometimes you can't sort of avoid them because people send them to you. Uh, or not or, horrible uh, ones, not well, bad ones. Well, I mean, I, de- I think I've definitely. Oh, that's nice, they come friend. to you other ways where where you're, you know, yeah. I, I don't think I don't think I've ever been sent like a really horrible one, but I've definitely been sent a kind of like, well, there's no need to share that one about the whole thing. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like you know, it, it just sort of like I, I'm not, you know, I'm trying to keep my blinkers on a little bit. Why um, do people do that? I don't know. Probably probably because out of a really good place of just trying to share an enthusiasm for what you're up to. Probably. You hope. Yeah. Yeah. I like the <laughs> way you you're being positive about these people in your life. Okay, it's funny because we were, we started where I did where I thought we were going to end on the on the singing thing, but but the the, the I mean it's so lovely because you came onto my radio show and you were coming in for seven minutes or something and you stayed for ages because I just wanted to talk more and more to you because you've just you love what you do and I think you're properly the sort of person that I love spending time with because you do have this innate joy for life. Oh, well, that, you do. That's a really lovely thing to hear, I, I, and I really mean that from from the the yeah from the bottom of my feet up because um, I do. I think I do. I I I I do have this kind of um, uh, whatever life throws at all of us at any time. There's a the underpinning it all. There's a you just got to. Um, Put a smile on it and get through things, and 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 be game. And I've definitely gone on a journey with that. I mean, the one thing that's certain is that we all change, and I think I've changed in many different ways over the years. And some of them was to very much hide myself and hide myself from my own kind of joy, really, or, or connection to just you know um, having a positive attitude. And I think I think that's okay too. You know, but it's I hear okay, you because yeah. there is too there are too many people who, and, and I. I talk about it all the time, so apologies. But And in my book, I just say, I used to apologise for being happy all the time. Now I know I don't have to apologise. You don't have to. And you're saying the same thing. You yeah. felt, I'm positive. Oh, I shouldn't be. Oh, because what will people think? Yeah, well, and, well, I, it, it's that. And it's also, it's very infectious meeting you. I mean, I think... No, this you, is about you. Well, no, no, about no, 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 okay, okay, okay. I'll, I'll pick up on that. But, but if you'll allow me, like there is an element of, well, as of it being um that kind of energy being um infectious and and it bring, and it's a wonderful thing to be around people who uh, who bring it out in you as well so i thank you for that and and um but also yeah th- then there's a realization well i can if i'm just who i am then i'll just maybe bring it out in others or you know, um yeah, you know, it's just. Uh, uh, did did your uh, diagnosis of uh, um, having um, uh, being diabetic mm. did that change you? Do you think that was part of the change in you? I, de- I definitely, it's something I look back on. So I, I was diagnosed in 1999 when I was about four, fourteen or fifteen, and and um, so I was right in the middle of big school and uh, sort of just sort of starting to tear at life, and um, and then this this thing was sort of introduced into my life. And I look back on it, and I can't remember, and I may be wrong, you know, I may be misremembered, I can't really remember any other 
sort of feeling or action and okay right we'll just get on with it and and that's I saw, amazing which i but i'm sure i was difficult to other people because because i was probably learning how to be a diabetic and and also the other thing i should share about me being a joyful person is i'm also at times um you know slightly irritable and and that does there are parts of that that have to do with um living with a, a condition that kind of is so up and down with your metabolism and your hormonal balance and things like that that you you know if you're having a sugar low you can get a bit cranky and or sort of irrationally uh, abrupt or and it's because your body's telling you to do something about talk to me about diabetes because right. I I mean I think we all think we know about it we all probably we all know somebody who has diabetes mm. or we've met somebody that has it or we've read about it that sort mm -hmm. of thing. But just talk to me about day-to-day -day living with it. That, that's, I mean, that's a really good question. That's that's the one that really it points to because it's a chronic condition. It is every day, and yeah. it's and um, within the sort of diabetes healthcare community, there's things, uh, there's phrases that they use like um, full-time job, uh, having diabetes, and uh, oh, what the diabetes is yeah, a full-time job. Yeah, it is a full-time job, okay. um, and that uh, it you know it's a it's a burden and and things like that, which are all sort of very negative-sounding things, but really it. To have someone else tell you that is sort of a recognition that, yeah, it it can be a lot to manage, but essentially you just have to get on with it. And I remember as a child thinking, you know, there are other things that I could have been diagnosed with that would have been much more life disrupting. And actually, this is an opportunity to pay attention to health, which I have variously <laughs> succeeded and failed at as well over the years. But um but so living with it today, day to day is a case of you as a type one diabetic, you eat food and you in, inject or um, uh, yeah you inject insulin whether it's via a pen device or pump device uh, to match that food so that it is used in the correct way in your body to fuel your body. That's a, a sort of simple description of it. So what you're trying to do is keep within a mid level balanced place and your your blood sugar levels will sort of look like this and a diabetic who's doing so go up and down go on up, a gentle ripple gentle ripple yeah right. of course we're on a podcast of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah sort of a, a, a yes a, a shallow wave line uh, whereas a diabetic who is very well controlled they will be slightly higher peaks and troughs okay and then on challenging days when you get a cold or if you if you you know get a virus that you're unaware of or if you're just having a bad time of it it the the the, the wave can have really high peaks and troughs, and that affects all your other hormones, right. which can affect, affect things like mood. Which so is, what are the highs and what are the lows then? So a high sugar will... So let's, for example, if you have a high blood glucose level, higher than it should be, um, then that means either that you didn't inject enough to eat the food that you ate or at the wrong time. Um, and what your body then does is it has a higher concentration of um, glucose in the blood and that affects lots of things. And it can really affect you. If you had that over a long period of time, that would really uh, impact your health. Um, right. Uh, things like, uh, yeah, really, really uh, sort of, com com um, they call them complications, you know, it will affect your eyesight later in life. It will mm. affect your uh, capillary health, which can, you know, lead to really, really uh, bad outcomes. So, uh that's a high, and then a low is slightly more immediately dangerous. It can be. Um, it doesn't have to be. But, but essentially, if you inject too much insulin for the food that you consume, um, or you exercise a bit more than you thought you were going to that day, and you have a sugar low, that is when the glucose level in your blood is maybe not sufficient for your uh, major organs to do what they should be doing, your brain, your, all of you. And so that can uh, that's immediately dangerous, which is why... 
if you ever see a diabetic saying, give me sugar, give me sugar, and it's confusing because you think shouldn't diabetics be avoiding mm-hmm. sugar, that's a type 1 diabetic saying they're having a sugar low, they need sugar right now to get their body back to just that level base that we all should be at. And then, you know, they can progress. From and so do you carry stuff around? You carry Absolutely. sugar with you? I got my jelly babies in my bag right there. And they're as simple as that? Yeah, for me, and it is different for people, uh, it's different for every diabetic and diabetics will tell you that, but um, but for me, f- uh, three or four jelly babies and a half of a protein, uh, like a granola-y protein bar, mm. will kind of set me back. And then I can look at, you know, what's the next meal and what's what am I doing in the next couple of hours? So it, it is, I, I have a thing because... My lows now have an emotional element to them. I sort of feel get, like I can get a bit down. Um, That's understandable. <laughs> uh, well, this is because they used to they used to bring things like uh, like a genius complex. Like when I was younger, I used to feel like a superhuman on the way down. And I th- I don't know, and I, this is not a medical thing that I've asked anyone, but I, I was wondering if the fight or flight hormones in your body, because you're sort of crashing, are giving you a sort of false energy yeah. to go and get yeah. the thing you that need. That makes so, so much sense. Yeah, it, potentially. I mean, yeah. it's a theory. I, I should probably run that by no, but, the but, diabetes, no, diabetes but that, specialist. But. but actually, diabetics who are listening to this who have that think, oh, that's me. Yeah. Or they'll be at something go, no, I'm, that's not how I feel. But, mm. but it's interesting. I met um, uh, a young lad uh, before Christmas, and I think he was six or seven, mm. and his, he said it's a superpower. And the same way that um, a friend of ours who's got a, a young son who's um, autistic, severely autistic, and he finds everything very difficult, but he always, he's learnt that I have a superpower. It's what yeah, he yeah. tells everybody. And actually, I think it's now that people own it and talk about it. Because years mm. ago, people didn't talk about being diabetic. No, They were sort of ashamed. Yeah. It was yeah. like, shh, don't tell anybody. But it, Well, it, I mean, especially I think it is, I mean... It... <laughs> I, I sort of, because I got it, I guess, in the late 90s, all throughout my sort of life with it, it's just becoming more and more, like like all health things, really, that we should just be open about and talk about, like mental should, health yeah. and things like that, have just progressively got more and more talked about. So it's just felt to me like an upward swing of just transparency about what Good. we're all going through and sharing, right? Good. So I don't remember, but I can imagine, and I do remember being a bit scared of it um, before I had it, because... Um, I, I think I met someone when I was like a, a small child, who a, a teenager who had it and was dealing with it very well. But someone had said something that that it was a really bad thing to have or something like that. And it is, you know, it's it's a it's a, a lifelong condition to manage. But and there are sort of um, challenges with that. But it's completely manageable. And, and, and you can do anything with it. I mean, it's yeah, interesting yeah. that you know the the sports stars that I've interviewed and the actors and the musicians, and they who just thought. Oh, will I be able to? And you know, you were in the biggest show on the planet, and we're not exaggerating because Game of Thrones was one of those shows that took the world by, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah, yeah. That must be so weird that the whole world knows <laughs> you. But 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 look, you were in a massive show. Yeah, yeah. and I had exactly that thought. The, the moment I got it, I, I remember the week that I got it. I was rehearsing. <laughs> I was rehearsing Macbeth. Uh, at school, as you do, as you do, and my and I, 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 one of the things that happens when you get diagnosed is you can lose weight quite quickly, especially if you're a, a, a young person, you know, a child. You, so I, I lost weight very quickly, and my mum, you know, was just like day, like over three days, was like, 
no, no, doctor, now. And it got to the oh, third day. Goodness, and I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, of course. So your mum's look at you, just look at you that funny way. And I was a teenager. I was like, four, I was like, mum, I'm fine, you know. And uh, and I was like, I'm going to rehearsal. And there was just this one woman. She just refused to let me go to school that day. And I just wanted to go to my Macbeth rehearsal. <laughs> um, but then I got it. And then did that play that summer at the Edinburgh Fringe. And then, and then, but did have that thought of like, oh, but maybe I can't do this as a job. And it's just nonsense, you know. Um, there are, there's, pretty much everything you can do. I'm sure there are there's maybe the odd exception of a career. Um, but acting you but, can do. You can be it, on yeah. a major set. and Oh, exactly. So do you tell people then, you know, in the middle of Game of Thrones, while there's all the extraordinary things going on, yeah, yeah. Um, do you say, sorry, hold on a minute, I just have... I, just... <laughs> I try, I mean, yeah, basically what I do, I, I have over the years gotten used to... The, the best people on set are the... Um, uh, third ADs or production assistants. So, so for people so, who don't know what an AD is, exactly, sometimes called runners. So the, right. the people who make the set work, the the uh, production assistants who um, are between the cast and the crew, sort of just running around. That's why they were called and looking runners. After looking after everybody. Looking after everybody. And I'm, they tend to be incredibly smart people who want to get into the industry and all that kind of thing. Uh, incredibly energised. Um, and basically I make uh, friends with... Uh, someone like that early on in a show and just and just check in and, and just, you know you tell the bosses this is the thing but you try and it, it doesn't affect the only thing to you, you tell the company so that if anything like a major incident were to occur mm. that, that they, they know because that, that affects like medical you know yeah, care. but but in that you know I've never had a diabetes related thing ever in my life you know um uh but with the with the production assistants or the ads or the runners, you it's basically you just become chummy enough to kind of go. When I ask for a Lucas aid, <laughs> it's not because I'm just you know, it's like and and, and not being you know, a diva. Yeah, exactly. And and it's partly my thing about being you know I, I don't when I, I people doesn't want to come across as a diva. I'm sure I've I've been a diva, um, but but it's like yeah, that's the only reason I would ask you to get me a drink is is if in a short space of time, which is sometimes necessary for actors because if you're you know in you know it's not being a diva if you're sort of literally sort of screwed into a a, a piece of wood unable to move for several Sorry? hours, as I was on Game of Thrones. <laughs> I just thought I'd use that as an example. I just <laughs> want a great example. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Look, we've mentioned it so many times. We have to, mm. we have to go to Game of Thrones. So when you were on my radio show, um, the, the lovely team there, uh, one of them cried, uh, you saw. She could not believe that she was uh, going to be meeting you face-to-face. Is it extraordinary to be in a show that the world watches? Yeah, and it, uh, absolutely. Like, unmistakably, it, it's, it's still... It's still kind of hard to get my head around in some ways, yeah. um, especially partly because um, I had an amazing time on it. But for me, it was, you know, I was at the start of the show in the first two seasons of it. My character was in season one and season two. Um, and at that time, it felt so exciting for so many reasons. But a lot of those reasons weren't to do with it being what it became, this phenomenon. It, it had the potential to be very successful. But I, I, I had no, I don't think any of us had any understanding it could become what it did ultimately become. Um, and then, of course, I saw that happen at a time when, um, you know, I still, throughout the series, but especially those the sort of middle era of it, if you like, I had lots of uh, close friends still on it and I was hearing it, you know, no spoilers for me, but, you know, keeping in touch with people. There's still people from the show that are dear friends now. But so there was that excitement of just seeing your friends, like, on this thing as it is the phenomenon that it is. And then now there's this feeling of it being... Um, you know, I had a really close friend and someone I've I've, I've worked with text me um, a week ago and say, I've just watched Game of Thrones and, you know, well done and it's brilliant and all that kind of thing. And you think it just continues to have a life. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it is hard to get your head around. And I think mainly the, the wonderful feeling for someone like me is that you were part of these stories that meant so much to people. And, of course, that has ups and downs as well because people have opinions on things like how it ended and things like that. But um, Oh, everybody's got yeah, an opinion but, on but exactly. Yeah, exactly. But actually, basically, it's a nice, it's, it's a nice thing to have to talk about, it, especially as you travel through the world, like, um, if you know, whether it's for work or even um, just, you know, travelling around. In real life. In real life, yeah. <laughs> um, I do, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, I do travel to places other than sets and rehearsal rooms. But, um, but it's something to talk about and 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 I have a relationship with it that is also distant enough that it's not everything you know possibly about my career but it but it was long enough ago and and I can have a real uh wry smile about it all and and just see the the enjoyment people have for um extreme violence in a medieval context (laughs) (laughs) and political you know is that so interesting you said that none of you had it really thought that it was going to be what what is it that makes something such a global smash, do you think? I mean, I suppose if we all knew, then we would do it. <laughs> I have, but do you know what, Gary? I have tried. I have tried. I did. I about probably about eight years ago. I tried to go. What was it? What was the? What was the chemistry of that? What was the thing? I, honestly, I think as far that you, if you really, if you really think it through, then these books that and stories that George wrote over decades. Um, built up a huge following because they and the stories were tested 
on an audience over a long period of time. And millions of people were like, we really like those. And then uh, sort of in the showrunners and, and HBO stepped up a production company to say, we are going to honor those stories as best we can on television and, and do it authentically and do it in our own way. They had to do that. There's no way you could televise every beat of George's stories. Um, but we're going to do that as best we can. And that's what happened. And then everyone who got involved. And there's, to me, there's an element of fantasy and uh, sort of um, distancing story from reality that is mm. useful, especially for a show to go all around the globe. I mean, it's clearly, George's writing is clearly rooted in, in um, sort of northern European monarchical histories and political intrigue. It's clearly rooted in that. But he's created a world that you can kind of separate yourself from and project your own... You know, I've had um, uh, people talk about, over the years, fans talk about projecting their own political sort of system onto it, even though it's a kind of medieval, you know... European history um they sort of the the power play and the and the, and it's a family drama it's a family drama yeah and who doesn't relate to a family drama and then there's also just the 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 I don't know the sugar and spice of it that none of us can the secret ingredients that none of us could ever if we could bottle that we'd all be uh, very successful yeah yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> very know. interesting because somebody the other day um I interviewed somebody who's on stage in Stranger Things oh, right. and uh on and and then and then, and I said to them, when you were watching it on television, did you ever think you'd be doing? You know, all the cliche questions I was asking, and and it suddenly, and I sat back and thought, goodness me, that's it's turned. It was that was a phenomenon, and and and, and Game of Thrones, and there are a few. Th I think Downton was. Oh yeah, it's completely yeah, yeah. different. But Downton yeah, yeah. sort of took the world by storm yeah, when it yeah. first came out, and it is that we want to disappear into another world because those three, they're not regular. Date. It's you know I love EastEnders and I've never missed an episode, yeah. but I don't disappear into their world. No, well, maybe and, and I do. That, I but know. also that 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 serves a different function and it serves a different um, you know some that I, I've I've often reflected on shows like EastEnders and things that really are a part of our lives and and um, certainly part of my family's life or have been over the years and you know people can watch for seasons and then kind of come back to it later in their life and there's a there's a um, it's as a part of being a part of community. That's different. So yeah, yeah, and it's but and but it's but it's really vital, and and it and it's sort of it's the glue. There's certain kind of entertainment and stories that glue the nation together in a in a different way. But as you say, the escape thing, it's a bit like theme park rides. Like yeah. you want to feel you're going as close to of being flung off a cliff, but yes. you don't actually want to be flung off a cliff. Which is why stories that take you out of yourself are, yeah. are, are kind of. I think helpful, and I think you know. And then there's, I mean, I, I like a lot of um, T. Uh, yeah, no, I think yeah, I have nothing more to say. Disappearing, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just like, disappearing into yeah. another land. Yeah. Uh, how do you cope with the fame thing? Well, I mean, I I have a very particular kind of uh, uh, f fame. Is a, is a it's a funny word. It's a funny it? word because you know I I have the privilege of being part of a story that means a lot to a lot of people, and most reasons why anyone would ever approach me who I don't know personally is to do with something they care about deeply, a story that they've enjoyed. It's not about any other 
reason to you know it's it's the work I've done and stuff like that and it's and it's not you know when it happens to me you know it's, it's not it's not an everyday thing but it you know it, it comes up it's it's wonderful you know it's manageable yeah. it's lovely and so I you know and I you know I um it, it's it, I I have I know people who have a slightly more I mean, more famous and and have are more exposed in that way and they manage it brilliantly and it brings different challenges but for me it's just uh, certainly at the moment it's it's a really lovely thing and mostly comes up in in kind of really weird ways um, sometimes um, but do you get that look on the tube. It's I, the king. I got well. <laughs> it's the king. I, I got it. I got it in a slightly odd way once, which was I was walking down Oxford Street in a very busy street, and an, an American chap who, who I'm sure you wouldn't mind me saying, looked like he was a you know he's a really a sort of old school Midwestern farmer type, like really stocky, huge guy, but in his they'd say like later life, 60s, 70s, but you know big man, big American man, sort of I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, he just stopped me and I, just to sort of set this up I, I played um, a version of Charles Manson in a TV show um, a few years after Game of Thrones um, which you know was it was you know was uh, showed in the States and here but it's not some, it's not as you know talked about as Game of Thrones maybe whatever but I was walking down the street just doing my I think Christmas shopping sh- uh, with a shaved face and obviously I had a really big beard a big as that beard, character yeah. like a really big and really long hair I was clean shaved all bright probably going off to uh, you know yeah, as, as I say, just walking up Oxford Street. Disney store. I don't know what I was doing. Yeah. But I just store. remember this guy, go, he didn't say, he just stopped dead and went, Charlie. And it stopped me dead because he was like, I was like, I'm in Oxford Street in London and this guy has spotted me that like, looks nothing like the guy I just played and he was saying, you're Charlie Manson. And it was like, this is an odd relationship with this character that, and, you know, that character. But like, I was just like, how have you done that? How have you spotted that out of nowhere? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, because you're... In London, I was like, and he was like, I didn't know you were British. And I'm like, yeah, why would you? Why would you possibly make that connection? But he obviously saw. I don't know. He just, yeah, that was that was an odd one for me because I was like, how on earth? Did you... I've got a much nicer version of this, which is, um, uh, I, I on my first date, I, I don't talk about family much, but I think I can get away with this one. On my first date with uh, my wonderful wife. Oh, with your wife? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I, I was about to say no, I won't no, ask no. any names. No, no, okay. of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, we we were uh, we were at this lovely music venue, and I was just sort of walking her through, chatting about, it. and she'd asked questions like you're asking, like, oh, because you know, it was after Game of Thrones that we met, and all that kind of thing. And she was like, "Oh, just, just you know." And I was like, "No, it, it never really happens. It, 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 you know, it really doesn't." And and just as I was sort of explaining that, this a young actor out of nowhere, we were in um, in in L A. And a young actor goes, "Gavin," and ran down. And this young chap was like, um, just said some very nice things. And he was just like, "I've I've I've been watching a film you were in called Copenhagen, and I, you know, I've been studying you for acting class and all these like oh. am- amazing things. Like that, I, that has happened once." <laughs> But it was on my first date, so I, I sort of was like, whoever that young man is, I am incredibly grateful. <laughs> Did she say, okay, I'll marry you? Yes, that was well, it. yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, straight up. I love that. That's so sweet. You, But you seem, you, you, I can imagine anyone, even that big, burly, uh, Midwestern American, you're just being polite and nice to them. Oh, yeah. I mean, as I say, look, I, I have the privilege of it being a very manageable, fun thing at the moment because it's, you know, it happens the kind of with the kind of frequency that it's just like a nice thing that, you know, and 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 most of the energy, I mean, all of the energy I've ever got has been positive. So that's that's a really lovely thing, too. So, well, I mean, yeah. I've witnessed it when Lola went to pieces. That <laughs> yeah. was so sweet. 
I can't I can't let him into the studio. Okay, you really can. No, it was so lovely. Um, okay, so the next thing you're doing, Warhol, that we've spoken about on the radio, but that's not about Andy Warhol. Warhol. No, no, no it's uh, it's about a. Uh, it's a, it's a, I guess, a, a suspense thriller of a kind. It's it's set in a radio station, and uh, it's about a um, a radio shock jock, really, uh, an American character who's in a London radio station, kind of trying to rebuild his career, and he kind of goes off the rails. And he's played brilliantly by Corey Johnson, who's an actor that, um, if you know his work, you know, mm. he's, he's one of those actors who's just done some incredible work over the years. And this is a role that he's uh, just incredible in. And I, I play this, uh, his beleaguered sort of station manager trying to keep him keep him on the rails. And it uh, it's not a spoiler to say it has sort of, yeah, it's a suspense thriller and it has a, a dark ending. So that, that's probably, but it also has, it has this brilliant, uh, this, there's three stories that weave together that, that sort of feature some young people trying to win a car in the radio station lot, you know, that kind of touch the, Oh, oh yes, yeah, yeah. That's going on, and there's um, there's two characters who are uh, living on the streets, and they have this sort of very suspenseful interaction uh, over a, a sort of an an, a, an older guy who lives on the streets and a younger guy, um, uh, sort of how to be in life, and it's a it's a beautiful kind of, that that in itself is a, just a beautiful scene. It's spread across the whole film, um, and they sort of the three things come together to kind of as a as a sort of treaty. Oh, it sounds really good. Mind. So yeah. this is a movie. We'll see. A movie, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, uh, it's very funny when you just mentioned about Beleaguered's uh, radio manager, the, the team behind the glass, just sort of, they gave that look of, <laughs> oh, we've had to cope with those sorts before. Oh, my word. So it's interesting you're talking about homeless people because the other thing uh, that I know you want to talk about is Groundswell. Mm. Um, and for people who don't know about Groundswell... You taught me about Groundswell, and um, I think it's really important to talk about. And I love that you're going to be working with them now mm -hmm. some more. So, explain what Groundswell is about. Uh, Groundswell is this amazing organisation that um, uh, their main uh, they, they do everything possible to assist people who are experiencing homelessness uh, get out of that situation. One of the things at the centre of their work is finding and treating people who are experiencing homelessness or living on the streets or sleeping rough. Uh, any people in that situation, finding them and getting them to the health care they need. Because obviously it doesn't once you think of this this thought, it's really hard to unthink. But of course, people who experience homelessness are having all of the same healthcare challenges as the rest of us, and more. And mm. so, their their and their ability to access them is majorly challenged by the situation that they find themselves in. For we all know a, a variety of reasons that um, that can affect anyone at any time. So, grounds will do this amazing thing. They have a find and treat team. They have caseworkers. Uh, who all have had experience of homelessness themselves. So the other thing about Groundswell is it's an organisation that employs people who have had that experience, empowers them to then go and change the lives of others. It, it's uh, it, Meeting them has been a, a, a um, humbling privilege, but it's amazing work that they do. And um, yes, I'll be learning more and more in the, in, in the coming years and um, just spreading the word about them, basically. Well, I'm so pleased that you have. And obviously, bring it back to where we started with diabetes. There are plenty of people on the streets. It's not a life choice, as some people say. It's not a life choice. Being homeless. <laughs> no. um, uh, but, but, you know, there'll be people with their own 
health issues. Exactly, precisely. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about it briefly on your show, but it's that thing of, you know, diabetes is just one of the examples because, you know, it, it, it enabled, me, enabled me to connect the doctors. Like, I know how much... The, the, the NHS is amazing. It, 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 we are so lucky to have lucky. it. And, the, and specifically the people who work within it. Um, and I use their resources so regularly. Um, I need to, you know, to manage this condition, which is it's fine. And it's, it's an amazing thing. But it takes a bit of work. It takes a bit of organising, um, making sure you make appointments and things like that. Um, and managing the equipment and, and the med- medication. Having an ongoing condition like diabetes, if you're on the streets, is just exponentially harder. And there was an example, one of the caseworkers, um, forgive me if I'm repeating myself, but told me about a uh, someone who was experiencing homelessness at the time and keeping their insulin refrigerated by um, keeping it in a bag in a canal because that was the only option they had to keep it cold. Because you have to do that. And that's, that is one and one example. And, and of course, um, the other examples are... Um, the caseworkers sitting with people through their chemotherapy sessions. Um, right. But, but ah. and I guess they're, they're, the reason to be joyful there is they There's are doing someone that. Someone's doing that. And they are and having met uh, Dennis and Adrian and, and, and Sharon and, and Tracy and, and all of the team, it, as I said, it was incredibly humbling. But there are people out there doing this work and we can help them by spreading the word or obviously um, making a donation if you're able to. That's, that's you know, like, like all charitable organisations, that's always going to be helpful. I didn't know about Groundswell until you told me about them. And, mm. so I, I, and I'm really pleased that we can talk about it on here as well, that we can get the word out there. Um, Gethin, you are a joy. You really are. <laughs> You've just got so much good that you want to put out there. And, and it, it oozes out of you. That ooze is ooze. Can you say something oozes out of something? Joe and Ed are giving me a look through the glass. They're laughing. Can you say something oozes? You can say somebody oozes. Yes, I can say you ooze. There I'm very go. comfortable with oozing. <laughs> <laughs> and may I say, it's, it's, you know, it's something I learned in my job is that you really all you're looking to do is be a mirror. And so I, I, can, I, I honestly mean it. It's, a, it's been a, a wonderful pl- pleasure to meet you because you... you it oozes, this is about it oozes, you, Gethin, It oozes out of you too. The you king. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> 